He says, speak your word to us. May none of us leave the same. We pray that we have an encounter with you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, speak to us and make us more and more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you all. And today we're going to continue with what God has for us. Today we're going to continue with things to consider as we move forward. Things to consider as we move forward. Hallelujah. So we began to talk about it a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Things to consider as we move forward. And I know that God is going to take us forward. We are all going to be moving forward. We are all going to be moving to higher levels. God is going to continue to bless us. I pray that God takes us to the expected end. What is the expected end? The end of blessing, good health, long life, full of days, hallelujah, riches and honor. The Bible says that David reigned over uh, in Judah and in Israel and he died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. That is the kind of blessing that God has for you and I. So things to consider as we move forward in life, as we move forward in the things of God, as we move forward as a church, Christ Revealed International Church, how, as we are moving forward, what are the things we need to consider? Number one, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. This is very, very important. Hallelujah. Love God with your whole being. <clears throat> Amen. And we read from Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 to 40 hallelujah let's turn let's read that okay so and the bible says in matthew chapter 22 <coughs> verse 34 to 40 and when the pharisees had heard that he had put the sadducees to silence one of them being a lawyer asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark chapter 12 from verse 28. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Or which is the chiefest commandment of all? Or which is the principal commandment of all? Or which is the most important commandment? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Continue. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first, the most important commandment. Verse 31. And the second is like, namely this, 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So it's very clear that it's more important to love God and to love your neighbor than to do anything in the church. It's more important to love God, love your neighbor. It's more important than to do anything in this life. Because at the end of the day, we have a very short life and a long eternity. Now, a short life. So it's important to do well on earth in this short life, but to do better in eternity. So that's why it's very important for us to know that loving God and loving our neighbor must be very important to us. You and I must make it a, a, a point, make it an aim, a goal to make sure that loving God is the greatest thing you and I can do. And loving each other, loving our neighbor is also very important. Now, in, in, in the Bible, or at least in the New Testament, we talk about loving your neighbor and then talking about loving the brethren. There are two different things. The Bible says that we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren, the Christian brethren. So, but Jesus is saying that the greatest commandment is to love him. The second greatest is to love your neighbor, Christian or non-Christian. Love your neighbor. Also, it's very, very important to also love the brethren. Because proof that we are Christians is that we love the brethren. Look at John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Look at this in ESV, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Amen. This is very important. So I pray that we will be a church, a people who are worshippers of God, who will worship God in spirit and in truth, who worship God because of how great he is, who live a life of worship to God, who are not perfect, but when God looks at them, God sees perfect people or people who worship him in perfection, people who worship him in spirit and in truth. I pray that we will be people who uh, give, how do I say, we, 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 we let ourselves go in his presence. We just worship him, whether we roll, we cry, we fall, we, we somersault, whatever you can do in his presence, just to be free. That is what we want, because we want to love God. We want God to look down and say that these people love me, and these people love each other. These people, not, they don't just love each other, but they love everyone. They love people. They love everyone. Hallelujah. This is very important. We must be people who love everyone. Jesus said, what is the point of loving those who are good to you? If you love those who are good to you, if you love those who are kind to you, you've not done anything. Even the hypocrites and the evil people, they also love those who are nice to them. But we should be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Because he loves those who don't even care about him. He lets his rain fall 
on the just and the unjust. The sun shine on the just and the unjust. Hallelujah. Number two, we talked about the fact that we must know God. Know him. The Bible says in Daniel 11.32 that the people who do know their God shall wax strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. And then in uh, NESB, the Bible says that the people, or ESV, that the people, but the people who know their God shall stand firm or shall be strong or shall display strength and take action. Hallelujah. May you take action as you know God for yourself. You hear his voice for yourself. You are able to know the voice of God. You are able to hearken unto the voice of the Lord. When God says, do this, you do it. When God says, do that, you do it. God blessed Abraham because Abraham heard his voice. God blessed David because David heard his voice. God blesses you and I because we hear his voice and we follow his voice. Amen. Number three, we talked about the fact that do not give the devil an advantage. This is very important because it happens, you think that it's this, the, the world is where or on church people give the devil advantage. But unfortunately, many Christians give the devil advantage also because they quarrel, they fight, they argue, they betray each other, they say all manner of things against each other, they judge each other, they have unforgiveness. As you are watching, I have a question for you. Are you working on forgiveness towards anyone? Are you misrepresenting the truth? Are you a fault finder? Are you trying so hard to please men or please someone that you are displeasing God? Are you trying your best to seek the approval of men so much that God is not happy with you because of the things you do to get what you are looking for? Are you someone who is holding on to, 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 to unforgiveness, holding on to bitterness, holding on to pain, holding on to, 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 to the, the, the things someone has done against you? If you are, then you are giving Satan an advantage over you. Remember that Satan is the father of lies. Remember that Satan is a murderer. He was a murderer from the beginning. And the Bible says in 1 John that he who hates his brother is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So you and I are not supposed to hate anyone. You and I are also not supposed to grudge against anyone or complain against another. Like the Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 9. Grudge not one against another brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. And notice it says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged for look. The judge is standing at the door. Berean Study Bible, do not complain about one another, brothers, so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. And then we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
many Christians are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Nevertheless, when emotions set in, when anger sets in, when betrayer, someone betrays you, or when you, you, you are trying your best to, 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 to please someone, a human being, you wind up forgetting that Satan can get an advantage over you when you are not forgiven, when you are complaining, when you are grudging, etc., etc. So I encourage you to be very, very careful to make sure that you do not give the devil an advantage. Let's look at another couple of verses and then we will continue. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18. Well, actually, let's look at the Luke one. Luke, we, uh, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke as synoptic gospel. So many of the, the uh, uh, things that happened in, uh, are similar in each of them. John is the exclusive one, uh, gospel. Hallelujah. So let's look at, you can find it later on in your own Bible study, Matthew 18, 5 to 11. You can do your, your, your Bible study on that later on. Please, let's be like the Bereans who are more noble, more mature, more uh, open-minded than the saints that were at Thessalonica. Because when they heard the word of God, when the apostles preached, when the pastor preached, they went home and immediately searched the scriptures to find out whether what the apostles were saying was true, whether it was sound explanations, whether it was the explanations were not twisted or because, because many people can um, uh, uh, don't obey the scripture that says rightly dividing the word of truth. So some people, because they are not rightly dividing the word of truth, they would let the Bible say what God did not intend the Bible to say. So the Bible says that they searched the scriptures to find out whether what was preached was so, and they became more mature. So later on, you can read Matthew 18, 5 to 11, but I want us to look at the Luke account, or the account in Luke. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 4. And we'll read from the ESV. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Verse 2. It were better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck, and he, he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Hallelujah. I didn't want to go into verse one, two, and verse one and two, just three and four. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying that if someone sins against you and I, we must forgive them. Even if they sin against us seven times in a day. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important, no matter what. Now, verse one says, then said that he unto his disciples, it is impossible, but offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Now, this word offenses in the ESV it says uh, uh, um, temptations, and he said to his disciples, temptations to uh, sinner 
sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. Wow, I have a different ESV version, but that's okay. Amen. Now, this verse clearly says, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. King James. But woe unto him through whom they come. Now, this word offenses is a very important word. It is the Greek word scandalon. Hallelujah. And this word scandalon, sorry, technical difficulties. Okay, good. This word scandalon means a stick for a bait or a trap, generally a snare, a stumbling block, an offense, a snare, stumbling block, a cause for error. So then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Look at NASB, the same verse. And you see that it gives us the different definitions. He said to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. But woe to him through whom they come. Let's look at NLT. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin, but how terrible it will be for the person who does the tempting. So this is very important. It means that an offense is a stumbling block. An offense is a temptation to sin. An offense is a bait of Satan. What does it mean? You, the fact that you are offended does not mean that you have sinned. But what do you do with the offense? That's why Jesus said, it is inevitable that offenses will come. That stumbling blocks will come. That snares will come. So it is inevitable. But what are you going to do with it? Are you going to master it? Or you are going to allow the devil to take an advantage over you? I pray that none of us will allow Satan to take an advantage over us because we are offended. Someone has hurt our feelings. Someone has been rude to us. Someone has offended us. Someone has hurt us. Someone has betrayed us. And we are offended. Hurting people hurt people. When you are offended, the next thing, if you are not careful, is that you will betray the other person or you would sin. Cain sinned because of his offense. Hallelujah. We talked about that last week. And even Apostle Paul and, si uh, uh, and, and Barnabas, hallelujah, Apostle Paul, Barnabas, and Silas were going on a missionary journey, and Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. And there was a, uh, there was a lot of uh, um, back and forth. It was a very heated argument because John Mark did not go with them to another uh, uh, trip, but went to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Now, there are a few ideas as to why Apostle Paul was so angry, but that will be for another discussion. Hallelujah. So, Apostle Paul did not want uh, 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 to go with John Mark, but Barnabas wanted to go with John Mark. So, there's a sharp dispute, a sharp quarrel. So, John Mark went with uh, 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 Barnabas and Silas went with Apostle Paul. But eventually, later on, they came back together. And John Mark also wrote the Gospel of Mark because he became a son to Peter, the apostle. Hallelujah. So the key is, yes, offenses might come, 
but make sure that you master it. Make sure that you overcome it. Make sure you do not allow the offense to take the best of you. Make sure, Jesus, God said, Cain, why are you so offended? Why is your face raw? If you do well, you will be accepted. So instead of getting angry, all you need to do is to do well. But if you don't do well, be very careful. Because, because of your offense, sin is crouching or is right behind the door. And sin's desire or the offense is going to give sin the desire to have you. But you must overcome it and have mastery or dominion over the offense so that you will not sin. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Let's continue. So, number three. Or rather, so the first, so what is the first? Love God, number two. Know God, number three. Do not give Satan an advantage. Number four. How many are ready for number four? Very important things to consider. Number four. Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. King James first. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The importance of right confession. Many Christians negate some of the good things that are going to happen in their lives by what they say. Oh, pastor, what are you saying? This, some of you pastors, sometimes you overdo it. How can it be? I can say whatever I want. How is that going to affect me? Why did the angel shut the mouth of John the Baptist? No, sorry, of John the Baptist's father, Zachariah. Zachariah? Gabriel spoke to Zachariah and said, look, God has sent me to you. And your wife, Elizabeth, who is past childbearing age and is barren, she's going to have a son. And you will call him John. He's going to have a son. Zachariah was saying, how, how possible? How can this be? How? His how can this be was different from Mary's how can it be? But be it unto me. Mary was just wondering. Mary knew that God would do it. But Mary was just trying to figure out how God would do it. But Zachariah was kind of like, no, it's not possible. Then Angel Gabriel said, look, I'm coming from the presence of God. So I know what I'm saying. But by the way, I don't want you to cause any confusion. I don't want you to mess anything up. I don't want you to use your words to affect things. So I'm going to cause you to be mute. So that you will not be able to speak and negate anything or cause any problems in the spirit. So you are going to be mute until the baby is born because of your doubt. Hallelujah. So you and I must be very, very careful because life, you can speak life to yourself or you can speak death to yourself. Yes. It means that the more negative things you say about life and about yourself, Oh, I'm cursed. Why am I always going through these problems? Oh, as for me, I've come into this world to suffer. Death. This word death is not just physical death, but it is everything that is negative. So you are speaking death into your, your life. Oh, dear. When will I ever get a money? Hey, am I supposed to be poor? I was I born into... Or did I come into this world to be poor and die? Poor. 
death. Wow, my company, it looks like most companies go down in the summer. So it looks like we should be ready to go down in the summer. Death. No. Rather, most companies go down in the summer, but because of God, we are different. We are going up in the summer. Life. Oh, it, it went wrong for John. It went wrong for Susan. It went, went wrong for Jackson. But thank God it's going well for me. It didn't work the first time I tried it. It didn't work the second time I tried it. It didn't work the third time I tried it. But thank God and blessed be God that this time I tried it is working because it has worked already. Life. Death and life. But many Christians speak discouragement, speak negativity. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So don't walk by what you see. Walk by what God said. If God said it in his word, that is good enough. Walk by what you know from the Bible and not what you see, what you hear, what you feel. Am I saying something to somebody? Because if you go by what you see, then you sink like Peter. Peter saw Jesus in the, uh, walking on the water, in the sea, very wild storm. And Peter dwelt afraid. And then Jesus said, do not be afraid. It is I. Anytime there is fear, you do the wrong things. It's not God. God has nothing to do with fear. So Jesus said, do not fear. It is I. Then Peter said, if it is you, Lord, let me come. Bid me come. Tell me to come to you. Peter started to walk on the water because his eyes were fixed on Jesus. As he was sleeping at Jesus, he was walking. His eyes were glued to Jesus. When he remembered that the winds and the waves are boisterous, then he turned to the storm and he began to fear and started to sink. That's it. You and I, we might not see Jesus physically here, but we can fix our eyes on Jesus by fixing our eyes on the Bible because Jesus Christ is the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. So what am I saying? I'm saying that keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and not on the circumstances. When you look at the circumstances, you will sing why? Because you and I are not as big as the circumstances. The circumstances are bigger than us. But God is bigger than the circumstances. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. I said, God is bigger and greater than the circumstances. So there is nothing, no mountain too high, no valley too deep that God cannot reach. So speak life going forward. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's going to fail. So far as you and I are concerned, it has passed. I mean, look at Lazarus. Wasn't he raised from the dead after three days? Three days. After three days. He, he, Jesus could have gone to heal him before he died. But Jesus said, let's wait so that we want to make sure he's asleep. Let's wait. And the apostle said, it is good that he's asleep. So he'll feel better because even then you get to realize that sometimes when you are sick and you rest and you sleep more, you get better. So the apostle was saying that, oh, but yes, it's good that he's asleep. Then you feel better soon. He'll get well. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He's not asleep as you think. 
he is dead. Because Jesus was trying to say that Lazarus is asleep. Because when we die in the Lord, we are asleep. So Jesus was trying to explain the truth, but it was too big for them to understand at that time. So Jesus has said it plainly, Lazarus is dead. So think about it. Even at the West, when Lazarus died at, at, the, at, at the West, I mean the greatest enemy that you and I are going to fight is dead. And that was what happened to Lazarus. But Jesus was able to raise Lazarus. Lazarus came forth and he raised Lazarus from the dead. Dry bones and then God prophesies flesh into the dry bones. So it means that it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how bad it can get. So far as you and I are concerned, because God is on the throne, we got it. We are covered. We are set. We are victorious. Am I saying something to somebody? Very, very important. So let's watch what we see. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Let me give you another important verse um, Matthew 12 36 Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment look at ESV some versions say every careless word I tell you on the day of judgment, people, people, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. So it's very important, of course, this most likely, uh, uh, when you talk about a careless word, it's not just on your confession, but it is careless words we speak against others. So let's be very careful. Let our lips be seasoned with salt. Hallelujah. So always remember that what we say can make us or break us. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Peter. Um, let's turn to First um, Peter chapter three, verse ten. First Peter chapter three and verse ten. For whosoever desires. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that he speak no guile. Let's use ESV. I want to encourage us to master our tongue. For whosoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Now this is very important. The first way to have the right confession is speak life about yourself, about what you are looking for. Speak life and do not speak death or wrong. Anything you don't want in your life, anything you don't want to come upon you or yours, do not say it. Thoughts can come to your mind, but if they are not spoken out, they will die unborn eventually with no fruit. But when they are spoken out and they are confessed, then it's a whole different story. So you and I do our best to speak life. Also, watch what you say because every idle word that we speak, we will give an account of in the, on the day of judgment. And also, if we want, to, if we love life, if we desire.
to have a good life. Look at it in NLT. If you desire to have a good life and to have good days, for the scripture says, if you want a happy life and good days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. So very, very important. I preach sometimes, in fact, I will talk about lies uh, very soon. Hallelujah. Because lies are very, very damaging. The damaging effects of lies. You know, and some people might feel that I didn't lie because I didn't say one was two. But even when you misrepresent the truth, you still lie. Because a lie is not just because I, 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 I blatantly lied. But when I know a truth and I give something false, but deep down in my heart, I know that what I'm saying is not the truth, then I am then it's deceit. So that's very, very important. As we move forward, let's try our best. When, whatever you know to be true, make sure that by the time you finish speaking, it is, what, 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 when you finish speaking, the person you've spoken to or the, your audience know the truth. If you're not sure, let them know that you're not sure or just don't say anything. Very, very important. Otherwise, this scripture will not help you. Hallelujah. I try my best to not lie. It's a very important habit. Do not lie. Always speak positive about others. The Bible says that we must, our lips must be to edify others. Edify people. Let, let, let your, 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 your speech be, be, be gracious. Let the things you say, the, the things that come out of your mouth, help other people. Also, don't say if God is God, because God is God either way. Don't say God is unfair or God is unjust because of something you don't understand. Hallelujah. Because many times people will be upset and say, oh, if God will be unjust to do ABC, you'll be surprised. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So always know that God is a just God. God is faithful. And God would all, always look for our good. At the end of the day, what will benefit you and I, our, our ultimate benefit is what God will do. Hallelujah. So always remember that if we want life and we want to see good days, let's do our best to, to not speak lies and to speak positive things. When, 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 always look out for the best in other people. Always, always try to Explain any negativity away. Don't, 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 don't be happy when things are not going well for other people. Don't be happy when what you say has affected someone in a negative way. Very, very important. Always try to speak life. Always try to speak encouragement. Always try to speak positive things. And God will bless you. And God will bless you. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. What does it say? Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. ESV. Very important. If you are snared in the words of your mouth, Caught in the words of your mouth. Very important. So what the Bible is saying is that what you and I say 
can ensnare us or entrap us. Because if, if, if you say, I never have money, I'm always lacking money, then, there'll be, then lack of money will ensnare you. Lack of money will, will, will put a web around you. And when money is ready for you, you'll not be able to grab it because you have been ensnared and taken by the words of your mouth. Very important. So you and I, as we are moving forward, let's remember that what we see can make a difference in whether we will do well or we will fail. Oh, as for me, I'm always a failure. Ah, I remember talking to someone who says, oh, I'm cursed. But who can curse whom God has blessed? You are not cursed. Oh, as for me, I've come to this world to suffer. Oh, poor me, I've heard all these. No, that's not true. No poor you. No poor you. You and I are more than conquerors. I said you and I are more than conquerors. God has made, the Bible says, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim and has crowned him. I mean, when, when you think about it, you and I are special to God. You and I were created in the image of God. You and I are children of God. So nothing should make you feel like you are cursed, that you are weak, that you are nothing. You and I, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done. That should be my story and your story. Because you and I are more than conquerors. We are victors. We are victorious. We are not conquerors. We are more than conquerors. More. Even the least of Christians is more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. So from now on, never say, I can't. I'm sick. Rather, I want God. I was sick, but God has delivered me. Or sickness is trying to get to me, but I will not allow it. Because words can trap you or set you free. Life is already very complex and we don't want to add more complexity to our lives. Hallelujah. Look at James chapter 1 verse 5 to 8. Time flies. James chapter 1 verse 5 to 8. Let's start from 1. Why not? James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, imagine, the brother of Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse trials, tribulations, temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing, or mature and entire wanting nothing. Even just reading this is a blessing. If any of you lack wisdom, you have to admit that you need more wisdom, that you don't have wisdom. Because if you have wisdom, then this verse does not apply to you. But oh God, I need wisdom. I lack wisdom. I have wisdom from God, but I lack the wisdom I'm looking for. I'm looking for a lot of wisdom. So I need more wisdom. I need wisdom. Let him ask of God that give it to all men 
liberally and does not abrade or rebuke for asking and it shall be given him the six but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Go to verse 6 NLT. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Look at this. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. There you go. For a doubtful man is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. It means that any, any idea that comes to your mind, any person who speaks, any idea that comes, the devil blows a wind. Anything that comes to your mind will change your mind. Oh, I believe that God will do it. Then a thought comes. Then you are sweet. Then you don't believe anymore. Then, okay, I believe. You read the Bible, you believe. Or, or, or someone encourages you, you believe, what, you, you, you believe that God will give you what you ask for. Then a thought comes, tossed like a wind, tossed by the wind. Is the wind waves are tossed to and fro by the wind? You don't know where it's going. It's just going. It's just it's, it's unpredictable, unsettled. And that is the same as someone who is doubtful, because when you ask God for something, oh God will give it to me. Then a thought comes, giving you examples of people who didn't get it. Oh God is not going to give it to me any longer. Then you are encouraged by a sermon. Oh, God is going to give it to me. Then someone tells you a, 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 a doubtful example. God is not going to give it to me. No, that's not, the Bible says don't do that. Verse 7. People like that should not expect to receive anything from God. So what does this mean? Never speak against what you are praying about by speaking doubt. Never speak against what you are you are praying about by speaking doubt rather confess that it is yours confess 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 because what is in your heart will come out of your mouth oh glory to god whatever is in my heart and in your heart is going to come out of our mouths matthew 12:34 which, is a, which will also be Luke 6.45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. O generation of vipers, how can ye be evil? Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Look, you see, anytime I read these verses, try not to be a Pharisee. Because Jesus Woman caught in adultery. Oh, my mercy is for you. Tax collector who was boozing and doing sinful things. My mercy is for you because you repented. But the Pharisees, those were the people. I mean, I mean, have you ever heard Jesus say, "You go to hell. You, 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 you are hell bound. You, 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 you are people who, who, who do this, that, that, that." He, he didn't have any patience for them. The Pharisees, but anyone else. Jesus' mercy was overflowing. I just, uh, this is just something that God is telling us from this old generation of vipers. 
you know. So let's be very careful not to be like Pharisees. Hallelujah. And pastors also try not to be Pharisees because the Pharisees are the pastors. Hallelujah. Who fight other pastors who are serving God or doing the will of God. Hallelujah. So try not to be a Pharisee. So let's continue. Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Oh, hallelujah. What is in your heart will come out of your mouth. What is in your heart? What is in my heart? If it is faith, then faith, things will come out. Positive things will come out. Oh, the faith. The Bible says the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Or rather, the word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe with our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I believe that's Romans chapter 10, verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. 7 and 8. The word of God should be near you. Okay, continue verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So it must first be in your heart before you can speak it out. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You will always speak doubt. Oh, I'm going to fail. Oh, I'm not going to do well. Oh, I'm not going to succeed. Oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, this is not going to work out. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm sick. Because there's no faith in the heart. Because what is in the heart will come out of, out of your mouth. So you and I must have faith in our hearts. Listen to the word. Listen to preaching. Listen to audio Bible. Get the word in so that what comes out of your mouth, which is in your heart or from your heart, will be faith. Out of the abundance, out of the overflow, out of the bountiful things in the heart, the mouth speaks. If you want to know what is in your heart, look at what you are saying. Not in church. No, actually, don't, don't worry about that. Not in church. Don't, don't look at what you are saying in church. Because church, everyone has their church uh, 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 vocabulary or their church dialect. Oh, bless God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, yeah, God is good. No. But in your unguarded hour, when you are at home, that's when you can find out what is in your heart because, or, or when you are pressed, when you are going through difficulty, when you are going through suffering, when you are going through very difficult things or, or you are pressed or you are challenged, what is going to come out? Is it going to be doubt or is it going to be faith? Hallelujah. But what seeth it? The word is nigh thee. It's near you. It's close to you. It's so close to you and so deep in your heart that it's even always in your mouth. It is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Verse 9, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. I don't know if you are hearing what I'm talking about, but it's very, very important. The right confession. Speak life. When you are speaking to people, don't gossip. Don't spend the time gossiping. Spend the time building someone up. The person you are gossiping with, you could actually 
increase a blessing on their lives because you are praying for the one you want to gossip about. So you realize that the Bible says, Job, God turned the captivity of Job around when he prayed for his friends. So you realize that just by praying for a person, God has opened another door for you. God has blessed you in a, a special way because you spent the time praying for a person and not saying all sorts of things against the person. Am I preaching to somebody? So from now on, let's speak life. Let two Christians meet together and if there's anything to say, if you don't know what to say, okay, let's do Bible study. Watch John chapter 4 verse 4. Let's discuss it. Heaven is rejoicing. The devil is ashamed. Versus, oh, did you hear this girl get pregnant? Did you hear this guy, what he did? Did you hear this happen? Wow, this person, this, this person, this what happened? That person, this what happened? You, uh, did you hear what happened in Hillsong? Did you hear what happened? Yes. Rather, did you hear what happened in Hillsong? Let's pray for them. Keep talking. Life. Life. Oh, Hillsong, yes. Oh, this thing, thank God. I mean, uh, 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 Oh, wow, look at what happened. Oh, we pray for, we pray for Hillsong. Because this thing, we just thank God for his mercy. It can happen to any of us. So because God has been gracious unto us, let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. Let's pray that God will help them. Instead of uh, these pastors, that's all they do. This, that, that. Life. If you love life, you want to see good days, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. I'm not out of word, just out of time. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your name. And we pray that our words would be blessed words. Words of life. Words of encouragement. Words of life. Words of, of peace. Words of good tidings. Words to edify one another. Father God, we pray that you would increase our faith. Cause us to be be, be people who love your word. Draw us deeper into your word of truth. Increase our faith as we read your word more and more. For your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father God, increase our faith so that our hearts will be filled with faith for you, O God. So that whatever comes out of our mouths will be words of life. May words of death not be a part of our story. May we never be ensnared by the words of our mouths, but rather may we be blessed by what we see. For Lord Jesus, you being the apostle and high priest of our profession, Father God, we pray that you cause us to speak life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know in your heart that you are not born again, you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know that if you die today, you do not know whether you go to heaven or hell. You know that you, all you know is that you are sinful. Or you are someone who does not really believe in heaven and hell. You are someone who does not believe in religion. I want you to know that there is a God who loves you, who created all things. And he created us for his pleasure. The Bible says that we are all sinners. We've all sinned and all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages or the penalty of sin is death. But Jesus Christ, God gave him as Jesus so that we will have eternal life, so that we will be delivered from this death. We will be delivered so that if 
Yes, or when we give our lives to Christ, we will never die. If we die, it is only sleeping in the Lord. And we will never go to hell. But we would be blessed, not only on earth, but also in heaven. So if you are here and you want to, you, you decided that I want to repent from my sins. I want to do a 180 degree turn for my sin. I want Jesus to help me to stop sinning. But I want him to save me. Then I want you to just raise your hands at home where you are. And let's all repeat after me in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. To be saved, we must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We must believe that he died on the cross for our sins and his blood was shed for our sins. We must believe, very important, that God raised him from the dead. Then we will be saved. So let's repeat after me, especially those who want to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for those who have given their lives to you. We pray that you keep them, you preserve them. In Jesus' name. Please write a comment if you've given your life to Jesus Christ and let us know that you have now joined the family of God and you are born again. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. So I just want to say God bless those uh, online and uh, those in church. Let's just share a word of prayer. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for preservation, for keeping us, for your mercy, for your grace. We pray for more grace, more mercy. We pray for your divine protection. We pray that you, you, you cause us to know you more. Father God, we pray that all the things we've heard, that we will walk in them, we will walk in the love of God. We will love you, O oh God. We would know you more, seek to know you and hear your voice and pray to you on a regular basis, have a relationship with you. We pray, O oh God, that we will never give Satan an advantage over us and we pray that we will speak life and positive things. Father God, we bless you and we thank you. We pray for favor, we pray for grace, we pray for anointing. We pray that you would use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you all. Those who joined us online, our online viewers. And I want to say shalom, shalom. Till next time.